Hey, cake lovers. Welcome to Let's Talk Cake. I'm Carrie. And I'm Savannah. And on today's episode, we will be talking to Cake by Courtney. Cakes can truly just steal the show of a party. I approach mixing frosting the same way that I would mix paint. I'm ready to do more. I need to do more. Send me your cake recipes. Send me everything you have. I Send me everything. You know, baking is... It's such a craft. All of your senses are involved, and it's such an expression, and it's cozy, and it's so rewarding. Honestly, I'm sure everyone has been touched by cake in some way. All right, guys, thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Let's Talk Cake, a podcast by cakers for cakers. I'm Savannah, and I'm here with my mom, Carrie, and together we own the dessert studio here in Utah. So this week in the bakery, we did a few remote consultations. So usually consultations happen with both of us here at the bakery and a bride and whoever she decides to bring with her will come and they'll taste some cake flavors and bring some design ideas and we'll have a little meeting right here and take care of everything. But with COVID, we've had to move those meetings to remote. And so what we do now is we prepare a tasting box and they come and pick it up. And then after they've tasted it, Sometimes it's the same day, sometimes it's a later day. We have a little meeting with them and over FaceTime or Zoom, and we do the same kind of thing we usually do in the living room. Yeah. It was kind of funny this week, though, because my dad got a new lamp for my mom. (laughs) And I didn't even know this lamp existed until just the other day, and I guess it had already been there like a whole week. But... (laughs) But, yeah, so during this FaceTime call with our bride and groom... Um, It was more in the evening, so I had left to my house, and my mom was still here in the bakery, which is her house. (laughs) And so we did a three-way FaceTime call, and my mom was sitting directly under this lamp. So it's it's kind of like a glass ball-looking lamp that kind of sits over the chair. And so (laughs) my mom was sitting on the chair, and the lamp was just directly above her head. And it looked like maybe she was in, like, a hair salon or maybe she was about to get ready to go to space or something. (laughs) But I wanted to take a screenshot, but I didn't know if it was, like, going to alarm everyone in the FaceTime call that Savannah just took a screenshot. So I didn't, but it was pretty funny, you guys. (laughs) Yeah, I guess the lesson there is to be aware of your surroundings if you're having a Zoom meeting or a FaceTime call, because I had no idea. I thought it was a pretty lamp, and I was you know, <laughs> didn't even occur to me. <laughs> but anyway, the the meetings went well this week and it yeah. was kind of fun. I don't know. It's, we've, we have felt a little rusty on the whole wedding cake stuff because everything that we've been doing for the last two months has been for small groups. And so we haven't done anything big lately. And man, we're itching to yeah, get in and do I'm some excited. big cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that happened this week is we got a question and we wanted to share it with you and our opinion. And if you have any other opinions, we would encourage you to leave them on our Instagram or on the show notes because we'd love to help Beth out with more than just what we have to say. So Beth from New Jersey wrote, Hey ladies, loving the podcast, especially loving the challenges. They're helping me stretch. Quick question. I'm wondering if it's important to get all orders through email instead of having some through DM on Instagram or Facebook. It's sometimes challenging and I worry about missing something. I think that is such a good question because that is such a tricky thing. It's hard to juggle when you have your website and they can order through that, when there's Instagram as well, Facebook, they can call your phone and order. There's so many avenues that people can order. And so I think it's definitely 
just a matter of opinion and how much you think you can handle. I know for a lot of people, we actually we actually reached out to a few other cakers just to get their opinion. And a couple of them just strictly have on their Instagram page, no DMs. And I think that's totally okay. If someone really wants to order from you, they'll realize, okay, I don't need to direct message them. I can just go to their website or give them a call or whatever it may be. But yeah, I think sometimes it is so challenging to just juggle everything. And sometimes you just need to narrow it down for yourself. And we haven't really done that yet, but we have talked about doing that probably sooner than later because it it really is tricky when you start working on an order and you need to refer back to it. Do you go to email? Do you go to your DMs? Do you go to your Facebook? I mean, it's, it gets hard. It gets confusing. So hopefully, um, Hopefully everybody can figure out a way that works best for you. And if you're struggling with it at all, if you've missed an order or you feel a little out of sorts or lost with it, then I would definitely try to streamline things because whatever you do, you want it to be as easy and stress-free as possible so that you can worry more about the other parts of your business. For sure. I mean, this is our lives. We own bakeries, we're in the kitchen, and we're fulfilling orders, but we also need to make our lives easier. We need to focus on the things that matter and maybe if we're focusing on I don't know checking the dms regularly because you have missed orders or whatever it may be but just simplify as much as you can and try and just stay organized with how you're receiving those orders and I think it'll make our lives easier so thanks Beth for the question and if you have any opinions yeah be sure to share and if you have any other questions let us know because we're happy to share them online and also try to reach out and get more information for you so for sure so share those with us we're really excited to have Courtney from Cake by Courtney on the podcast today she has definitely figured out a way to develop a cake business that isn't just people ordering cakes from her and It's going to be a fun visit, I think. So let's get her on. Hi, Courtney. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm so good. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being on the podcast with us. We're so excited to talk to you. We'd love to just start from the beginning and hear about how you got started in the cake world and just all the highlights along the way because your success is just incredible. And so we're so excited to hear all about it. Oh, gosh, thank you. You know, um, I think my journey is a little atypical because I didn't set out to be a cake maker. I didn't set out to have a culinary uh, background and degree and to do any of that. I mean, my background is in broadcast journalism. And I left college and I started working in media consulting right away. Actually, I did that all the way until 2019. And so that was a career um, I decided on, you know, towards the end of college. I'd always wanted to be in media. That was what I had my heart set on. And that's the career that I started pursuing. And I had my son when I was about 26 years old. And I was still working in freelance, um, taking on projects with my old company, you know, several times a month and just, you know, trying to be a mom too. And so I really, that was, you know, that was still my, my life goal. I loved being able to work while also starting a family and we were living in Santa Monica. So the baking, I mean, gosh, I'm, I'm a, like a lot of people, I think. And I grew up baking with my mom and my sister and my grandma, you know, it was just being in the kitchen was always something really fun and, and always had good times and memories and laughter um, and being creative was always really fun, like with sugar cookies on uh, holidays. And, you know, so I did that kind of baking growing up. 
but it wasn't really until I married into the rich family. So married Ryan, um, that I realized, gosh, you know, homemade food could be really gourmet and don't get me wrong. My mom is an awesome cook, but Ryan's parents were just a little bit more gourmet in the way that they cooked. And I think the food space in general was starting to change quite a bit and living in Santa Monica, Southern California, um, we were definitely in like a foodie area. And so we would go to Ryan's parents' house and just really have uh, just great dinners that were just intricate and, you know, just a little bit, I don't, I don't want to say fancier, but you know, they were, they were meals for foodies and Mm -hmm. food was a big deal at his house more than I had ever seen it. And they were great at desserts anyway. So Weston, um, you know, is on the brink of turning one years old and I wanted to throw him a birthday party for our family and our friends in the area. And as part of that, I wanted to make him a cake from scratch. And, you know, I say this every time I share the story, but it's such a huge part. I truly um, wanted to make something from scratch to impress Ryan's parents (laughs) for like, just about four years. And I kind of wanted to prove myself um, so that I could help more in the kitchen and and really show that I was like engaged in, in their interest. And I grabbed a magazine, um, Bon Appetit to be exact. It was one that I had seen in their kitchen quite a bit, along with like Ina Garten cookbooks and things from the LA Times. And uh, Bon Appetit was just always on their counter as well. And so I got a peanut butter cake with chocolate frosting, two of my favorite things, and I went to work. I got in my kitchen one day while Weston was napping, and I didn't have any uh, reports to write, and I started baking his cake, and I had no idea how to make a cake from scratch. I'd done a box mix and a 9 by 13 and that is about as fancy as I ever got with cake um, at home, and so So I how long ago was this? This was um, a little over 10 years ago because Weston just turned 11 in December. Okay. Yeah. So I'm 26, you know, new new mom and I'm working and I decide I'm going to make a cake from scratch just for the party. That was my only intention. And it was such a fun process and I remember just loving it. And the thing I loved even more though was sharing the experience with others and sharing the cake with everyone at the party. And that just kind of like fueled a just a love of being in the kitchen and baking. And I don't know what it was about cake. I mean, that might've just been serendipitous that it happened to be a cake that I fell in love with. Cause that's what I chose to bake on that particular day or whatever. But I, I just fell in love with it. And so any chance I got after that, I would make a cake. I followed, you know, Martha Stewart's recipes and barefoot Contessa and Bon Appetit and uh, Sweeta Polita, the, you know, early days in blogging and Pinterest. And I just kind of set out to find, you know, my favorite recipes. What's the best of the best? The, my favorite chocolate or my favorite vanilla. And I just, you know, if I wasn't on the road traveling for work and I, Weston was down for a nap or it was nighttime. I mean, I just was in the kitchen any chance I got to teach myself how to bake cakes properly. And just really experiment with flavors and textures. And it was just really a fun hobby that I started to develop. And then fast forward about six years and we moved to, well, we had moved to the Bay Area in between that time. And we moved to Salt Lake City about uh, five years ago. And when we moved here, I had at that point 
had a, you know, a pretty good arsenal of recipes. I had started developing my own, playing around with how do I come up with my own recipes? Um, and so as I was sharing those with family members and friends, you know, just, they started encouraging me like, Hey, have you thought about doing a blog or sharing these? And I just thought at first, well, no, not really, but maybe, you know, and the idea kind of just sat with me for a little while. Um, and I, you know, I know people look at the market and I was this way, you know, I looked at the market and I just thought, gosh, it's so saturated. Like, how could I stand out? There's no room for me. There's so many great bakers and bloggers. I don't really know what I'm doing in that space. But the more I thought about it, the more it made me just think of my time in consulting, to be honest. You know, I test television shows for over a decade, new shows, existing shows, talent. Um, and I would be in rooms with a group of people talking to them about the television show. And they, and they never once said to me, you know, if it was a good show, it was new. They never said, oh, I don't have time for it. Even though I like it, I'm not going to make room for it. It was like, no, if it was a good show and they enjoyed it in the focus group, they were like 99% going to say, yeah, I'll make room for that because that's good and I like it. And even though I'm really busy and I have all these other shows that I watch, I'm going to make room for it because it was good. And that kind of got me like, I don't know, that gave me that last little boost of confidence to say, okay, do you know what? If I can create some good content, uh, maybe I have a chance to to break out and and people will make room for my content. And so I got started um, just, you know, like on Blogspot and not really knowing what I was doing. I just kind of threw myself to the shark. So that was five years ago this August. And yeah. clearly there was room for you because... <laughs> Your your brand and your your material has been, I think, very well received. And I think one thing I like hearing how much time you spent on recipes and that kind of thing, because even though your cakes are beautiful, you can tell that there's a great attention to detail on flavors. And that's, I think, a really a place where you really stand out. Thank you. And yeah, that was the most important thing to me from the get go. It was like, great. I mean, food, it's, it's nice if it looks pretty, but people don't remember how food looks. They remember how it tastes. And you'll leave a restaurant and one of the best dinners of your life, you'll forget how it was plated, but you won't forget how it tasted and you'll be going back for the flavor. And so I always tell people in class and on social and in my tutorials, like you've got to focus on mastering how a cake bakes, mastering the flavors, because if it doesn't turn out the way it's supposed to flavor-wise, you're not going to be excited about it. You won't want to make another one. When cake is really, really good and you've baked it the correct time, you've you've followed all the instructions on ingredients as far as room temperature ingredients, not over mixing, and it's truly baked the way it's supposed to be baked and you learn all those tips and tricks, you're going to remember that and be like, okay, I want to do this again. That was so good. That was so fun to share. It was so fun to learn things along the way. Um, and I think that's what drives any kind of hobby is like the moment, yeah, there may be some fails, but the moment of learning and then applying that learning and achieving something new the next time you do it. Yeah, I love that. So tell us kind of, so you started what, like five years ago you mentioned. And yeah. so did you start by selling your cakes or, cause I know now it's not so much selling, it's more. I mean, yeah, no, I, I mean, I set out just to have a blog and my mind, I never wanted to be a bakery. I didn't want to sell my cakes. Now, early on though, friends and family were like, well, 
can I buy a cake from you? And it was fun for me to practice that way. So I did it for a little while just for family and friends that were close by. And um, so I did, I, I sold it for a little while, but I quickly realized like that was not what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to do that um, because it took the fun away from me, quite honestly. I I wanted to create the recipes. I wanted to work on new content and be creative in everything that I did. And when you're making cakes for other people, oftentimes they want it to look a certain way, like a wedding cake, right? They want a lot of the similar looks back to back. And you maybe just did the same cake for someone else. And I don't know, that's not where the passion was for me. And so I decided to to end that. And I knew that I loved sharing my knowledge with others. That was something that I think people picked up on pretty quickly when they followed me on social media is that I was sharing everything I learned, not just the recipes, but okay, here's what I learned about, um, you know, having, starting your buttercream with slightly cold butter and not using room temperature butter. And, and here's what I learned about this and this. And I thought, okay, well, okay, videos are fine, but what about classes? What if I could teach in person? And I did a few classes from my home, but those were only um, demo classes. And I did a couple classes that were hands-on at other people's homes, but that was like a lot, a lot of work for me. That was like catering a party. It was kind of nuts. Um, but I did love being able to do like a little bit more one-on-one teaching. And then about a year after I started my blog, uh, Orson Giggy up here in Salt Lake, uh, asked if I would come teach a demo class for their chocolate extravaganza. And it was the first time I think they'd done cake during their chocolate extravaganza. So I went up and taught a chocolate cake demo and that went really well and was very well received. So um, that was in November three years ago. And so that following January, we thought, okay, let's try some hands-on classes. And we started with like 12 people in each class. We now do 16. We can fit a few more people. Um, But they just, that took off. Being able to offer hands-on cake classes, we now have people fly in from out of state and plan trips, and um, it's people's birthday gifts and Christmas gifts and girls' trips and couples' trips, and it's just the coolest thing, and I absolutely love teaching. It's one of my favorite things that has come out of um, starting my blog. That's awesome. And so how many classes do you teach there? Uh, usually when we're not, you know, sell, you know, home quarantined, um, we are doing like four to six classes a month. I double up each day. So I do two classes a day and then we do them, uh, two or three days a month. That's awesome. That's very cool. So, so you've really found a good little sweet spot for yourself then because you're getting to teach and you're getting to, so as you're as you're working out what you're going to teach, do you just experiment with things at home and then carry that over into the teaching at Orson Gigi? So my classes at Orson Gigi are pretty structured. I mean, we're doing this. It's cake making 101, basically. Um, it's just the flavors that will change every month. So yeah, if I come up with a new flavor, then we'll put that on the schedule for the next round of classes. Um, but we'll do like a different cake flavor every month. But what's been awesome to see is that even though it's a lot, it's the same stuff in every class, um, but we keep filling the classes. I think there's a wait list right now of like 3,000 people. So we're still doing the same type of class every time. 
Um, but what's cool is that we've had people come back several times to try different flavors and just to keep practicing. And they love coming to class because it gives them like a devoted, you know, two and a half, three hours to really focus, to learn, to practice, and to have me there watching what they're doing. I think that's the most beneficial part of the hands-on classes. I can see how someone is holding their tools, how the pressure they're applying to the cake as they're scraping it. Um, and I can really give them like individual attention. And we go over all the baking and the decorating. And it's hard when you're answering questions online when someone says, you know, my cake turned out dry, but I know I didn't overbake it. And it's like, well, okay, a cake is usually dry because it is overbaked. Now, I know you you followed the instructions exactly, but not being in the kitchen, not being able to like talk to them specifically so much about like the oven temperatures. You and I may have the same oven, but our temperature may be off internally by a few degrees and that's going to affect how our cake bakes. So, and then maybe what pans are you using? You know, there's a lot of troubleshooting that we can go over in class. And I try to cover that in a lot of my videos. And that's why too, I started um, last November, I launched my first online cake class so that that information that I share at Orson Giggy in the three hour hands-on class is condensed for someone to watch, you know, at home. It's, we can't work on a cake together, but it's as close as I can get if you're on the other side of the country or in a totally different country. Right. Right. So do you... Do you travel much then or is most of your stuff consolidated locally and people come um, to you? Well, I travel. So I travel occasionally for um, like television shows that I'll be on. Um, I did a couple classes in Dallas last year and San Antonio. We did some um, in New York last year as well at Neiman Marcus and at Hudson Yards. So I traveled a little bit. We were going to try to do a couple cities outside of Utah this year, but I, uh, you know, with the state of <laughs> the country yeah. right now, um, I don't know if we're going to be doing that or if we will be able to later in the year. So yeah, we've done some, um, demos in California, but hands-on ones I've done in a uh, couple different cities in Texas and then in New York as well. And they were really fun. It was great to go somewhere, you know, have people be able to visit from the East coast and, and not make them travel all the way to Utah. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, so you just mentioned um, shows. So tell us a little more about going on to different shows and how that has kind of affected your career. Yeah, well, that has brought, I think, my career full circle. I mean, that was my passion early on when I went into college was to do broadcast journalism. And um, I loved reporting and loved being on screen. And then I did talent coaching for over a decade as part of my media consulting life and that now being invited to go do television shows, whether it's locally or national shows, kind of brings all the passions together. And I get to do it while making cake and still living the dream of, you know, doing my broadcast uh, career a little bit on shows like the Today Show, Hallmark Home and Family and Kelly Clarkson show, um, along with some other uh, individual like local market shows as well. And in Texas and Phoenix and, um, California, where else have, <laughs> where else have it been kind of all over. So yeah, it's been really fun. It's, it's just, it's fed more of a personal passion. I mean, it's not something that I get paid for. It is purely like I'm, I'm doing it on my dime, but I'm doing it because I love it. They're great opportunities. Um, and 
so yeah, those are on hold right now with no traveling, but they right. will pick me up as soon as I can because I love doing it. How fun. Is Kelly Clarkson as hilarious as she seems? Well, 100%. Yes. She is a total doll. She is so kind. She is so fun. Everyone on her team, the whole producing team, the writers, the, just everyone was so great. I was, I've been on her show twice now and I just, I loved it. How can you not love Kelly? She's awesome. She she's, is. She's exactly, so, she just seems so real and so is, much fun. Exactly what you'd hope and expect her to be. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell us how you have managed. So it sounds like you've been very busy since graduating from college, doing a variety of things, kind of, <laughs> kind of segueing into the cakes. How do you balance everything? Because you've got a family and you've got a pretty thriving business now. So how, how do you keep everything kind of balanced and in check? Um, I, gosh, that's kind of hard to answer. I mean, I think everyone's really different. I thrive off of a schedule and lists and to-do to lists and checking things off. And early on, I mean, baking cakes was different when I had little kids around. I have an 11-year-old son now and a six-year-old daughter so it's easier to do a lot of the baking when they're around. But when they were little, that was tricky. And so I would um, try to put them in high chairs or have them sit next to me while I was baking. And I definitely couldn't get through as much work as I can now. And I think people have to remember, women especially, like take everything in stride. Like we're all at different phases and there are different things that you can and you cannot do depending on your phase of life and how much you're working full time or how many kids you have. and you know, if at the beginning it was like, if I could just sneak away during nap time to be in the kitchen. And so that meant like two hours, um, a day that was just like my favorite, favorite time. It was so, it became my happy place. Um, but there were other days where it was like, okay, I have 15 minutes to work on a project. I have 30 minutes to work on a project and it, and it wasn't as long. So I think it's just important to remember whatever phase you're in, to set your expectations based on that phase and not the phase of someone else that you're watching, um, whether it's on social media, on TV, or if it's a friend or a family member, like we each have to go at our own time and our own pace. And so now, I mean, we can look at my, back then when I was traveling, it's like, okay, if I'm gone, I'm doing a project, I come home, I get that work done. And then when it was available to me to just, you know, be in the kitchen, I'd be in the kitchen. And um, now it's, definitely probably more structured because it is more of a business for me rather than a hobby. So, um, I get up between four 30 and five every day. And the first two hours of my day are purely my time. No one else is awake and I'm able to do my scripture study. I can read a book if I want to read and there's something I'm trying to study or, or wanting to just do on my free time. It's when I exercise, it's when I plan out my day. And I have my tasks and the jobs that I want to get done for that day. And now my schedule shifted quite a bit because we've got homeschooling. Um, so once the morning starts with the kids, the first half of the day is devoted to them. And I, I make sure we get through all of their work. They get all the focus and attention they need from me. And that helps so I can be their teacher. And then we get through lunch. And then I can move on to the work that I need to do. Um, and feel less stressed about it. But my day is definitely calculated, uh, I think. And at the end of the day, you know, you do what you can. And I've learned um, there really isn't, um, I, I don't know how to say it. I guess 
there is like a time crunch sometimes, but at the end of the day, some things can wait. And when it comes to my business and the things that I'm working on, if I am exhausted by five o'clock, I'm not going to keep going and going. I'd rather give the last bit of my energy to my family. And so the things can wait until the next day, you know? So I think it's really a process of learning more about yourself and what you can handle each day and what you can take on. And I have learned that, you know, there's a certain amount of things I can do and I'm good with the busy schedule. And if I plan it out, then I, I thrive off of that and I can get, um, a lot done. But then there's some days where I don't want to do much at all. And that's okay. <laughs> there's so much good advice in that last couple Honestly, of minutes. Yes. Holy cow. That's just like a, a master class right there. <laughs> but it sounds like it sounds like the most important things. And I agree with you completely are kind of knowing yourself and what works for you and keeping and, and scheduling, like yeah. making a plan for your life instead of just letting things kind of happen to you. That's such yeah. good advice. Yeah, um, I love um, I love writing it down. Um, I love visualizing, you know, and spending time in the morning, just like in a quiet place downstairs, you know, no one else is awake that early at my house. And so it's the one time that's truly just like mine. And I can think about my day and I can, um, I can look at my, in my office, I have a wall of post-it notes and note cards and it has my whole year planned out. So the first week of January, I just spent time every day in my office um, outlining my whole year of content and everything I wanted to accomplish for my blog and some of the other projects that I was working on. And so I have that all down, you know, and I can go in and I can reflect on everything I have planned and the things that I want to do and decide what I want to work on. I can, it's like a giant checklist on my wall and I can cross things off. And, um, but I think it's so important to be like, just mindful of, um, of yourself, of what you physically, emotionally, and mentally can take on each day. And then once you realize that, I think you're you're just more capable of doing the things that you want to do. And instead of saying and looking at like, I, re I remember being in at BYU. So that's where I went to college. And my freshman year, I remember calling my mom and I was just having so much anxiety over what I needed to do that week or the next, within the next couple weeks for school. And I just, I'm prone to anxiety attacks and I could feel one coming on. I'm like, mom, this is so much. Do I need to drop a class? And she said, okay, you know, let's breathe through this. But she said, Courtney, you, I, she even said like, you need to think like a guy. And I was like, what? And she's like, they just think of one task at a time. And I don't know if that's true or not. We need to do maybe a survey to, to ensure that that was like <laughs> actual data. But the idea, she said, was you need to just write an outline of the dates of everything and just focus on the one thing that needs to get done right now. Don't focus and think of everything that has to get done in the next week. Think of the thing that needs to get done first. And then once you've accomplished that, what's the next thing that's most important on your list? And it truly changed my way of planning out my life and taking on big projects or taking on multiple things that I have a master list for the whole year. I have a calendar for my whole month, but every day it's like, what do I just need to get done today? And sometimes it's a lot and sometimes it's not a lot, you know, and I can kind of help navigate um, how much needs to get done and, you know, how I'm going to like just take that all on. Um, but I think it's just kind of good to get, and I, I've just learned about myself over the years, uh, you know, doing my consulting job and being a mom 
and a wife and a friend and starting my own business, you know, you start to juggle and there've been moments that are not my, um, you know, my finest moments and all of that where things have been stressful and I've had breakdowns and, and I've just learned though, you know, I'm like, okay, if this was too much, how do I, how do I manage this? Um, looking back on the past experiences of taking on too much, you know, you do learn to say no sometimes. And, um, and that includes saying no to yourself on some of the things that you want to do just to be able to make sure you stay sane and happy. And you always want to be passionate about what you're doing. Um, and never feel like it's really work, you know, if it's something like this, like baking and starting a blog like I have. I love that. And just like you mentioned, being okay if you don't accomplish every task that you wanted to, just taking a step back and accepting, all right, I got this done and and that's enough and just being happy with it. So yeah, that forget cake right now. That's just like life <laughs> life advice. <laughs> yeah, I think we're too hard on ourselves and I I'm speaking from experience. I know that I have been too hard on myself is what I should say. I think that probably relates to a lot of men and women out there is that we just have really high expectations for ourselves. And not that I think we need to lower those expectations. I just think we need to be a little bit nicer to ourselves as we try to um, reach our goals. Exactly. And it sounds like in another lifetime, maybe you should have been a professional organizer for people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty good at that checklist. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So along with everything within your business, so you have products, right? You created a product line. Yep. Last year in 2019, we launched um, cake tools. So I designed my own cake tools. They're all like a rose gold with white accents. And I had just been using so many products over the years that were good, but they just weren't quite right as far as size and weight. Um, So I created my own line. I also wanted them to look really pretty. So my scraper set right now that's out um, has three different scrapers in it. And they're all eight inches tall. They're really thin aluminum. They're lightweight, which I have found makes scraping and smoothing out the side of a cake so much easier. My spatulas are, the blade is six inches long with a one inch width. And again, it's just, I played around with sizes of tools for a while and just couldn't find quite the right one that I wanted. So we ended up designing um, my own and it's been a really fun process. I have other things coming out. We have a new set of scrapers coming out in May. Um, I have my own cake leveler coming out later this year because that was something that um, was fine. You know, the ones on the market are fine, but if I combined a couple different aspects of several different scrapers, I think we could come up with like a really top-notch one. So, uh, yeah, so that's been a really fun part is just kind of broadening my resume into the e-commerce side of business. Yeah. That's awesome. Where do people find your things? Uh, shop.cakebycourtney.com. And there's okay. a link from the blog too to get there, but just shop.cakebycourtney.com. Well, that's awesome. So really quick, you do a lot of research on your recipes and stuff. What do you do with all of the cake? <laughs> well, I always have a slice or two of every cake that I make. I mean, I am president of quality control around here. So, <laughs> you know, I got to have a slice. I share with my family. Um, and then I always share, I mean, sometimes I'll have cake left over in my freezer, but I always, what I do is with the cake, I'll slice it up in individual 
slices and then wrap each one uh, in plastic wrap and it freezes really well. It's an easy way to hand out cake and share it with neighbors and friends. And um, we've taken it to the hospital before. My friend is a nurse at Utah Valley. So we've taken cake to her and at Primary Children's and um, just tried to share because, you know, cake makes everyone happy. That's awesome. Awesome. Hey, well, Courtney, you have been amazing to talk to. And just to kind of um, come to an end, just tell us about how cake really has impacted your life and blessed you and your family. Uh, Oh, gosh, it's truly impacted my life in a way that I never could have guessed 10 years ago. Um, Because as it was becoming a hobby, it was also filling this, this void um, in my life. I loved being creative and I loved doing art growing up and it was definitely an outlet for me along it was sports and, and being in a physical activity, but being creative and, and just really able to use my hands and my mind, um, together to, I don't know, to, when I was doing art growing up, it was to really like release and share emotions and feelings a lot of times. And, Um, I didn't have that outlet after getting married and working. There just wasn't time for it. And then, you know, as I became a mom, it was like, where's the space going to go, um, you know, to do paintings and, and drawings with a toddler around and a baby. So I, um, I found that in the kitchen and I, it became my happy place. And looking back, I realized it really helped me through a lot of really difficult times, being able to have that time for myself. Um, I think is so important. I think we lose sight of that. You know, we want to give, give, give to other people and to our family, um, that we forget that we need to give something to ourselves and that having, whether it's 10 minutes every day to meditate or to pray or to exercise or to be in the kitchen, but it fuels our soul and provides joy in our own heart and our own soul. And we, we need that to be able to give fully of ourselves to other people. And I had lost that for a little while. And I saw that um, as I spent time in the kitchen, as I worked on my hobby, as I fell in love with making cakes, that I was more joyful. I was happier. Um, And I just felt better about a lot of things that I was going through. And I found it easier sometimes to get through them. Um, And so it's meant the world to me. I have a necklace on every single day that says cake. It's just inscribed in a little gold half moon shape. Um, and it's it's there. <laughs> and I don't even have my kids' initials around my neck. Don't tell them. But cake <laughs> um, because it does, it means so much more to me than just being in the kitchen and making food. You know, there's just so much to reflect on as I think about the last 10 years and how it has shaped my life and what, what it means to me um, is just far beyond just cake. You know what I mean? And so I think now that my kids are older and they can see everything I'm doing and they're here with me and they're participating with me. Um, it's also something that I think our family will remember forever. And that I hope my kids will have wonderful memories of being in the kitchen and being creative with me and just laughing and having a good time and feeling just peacefulness and light from the things that, you know, we're able to do together and that we will forever have, you know, a special bond over cake and over, you know, creating and, and, um, making food together. 
Thank you. I love that. That's something definitely for all of us to aspire to, to have our families be such a big part of what we're doing and and yeah. why why we're doing what we're doing. So thank you so much for talking to us today and for for taking time out of your busy schedule. We're we're really we're really grateful to have had this time to talk to you today. Well, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. Seriously, that was such a pleasure and hearing her story and just how inspirational she is was such a such a treat. I think that her words of just staying organized and making a to-do list. It's funny because she mentioned how she wakes up from like 4.30 to 5 a.m. And I had texted her actually the other day just to kind of, we were talking about something relating the podcast. <laughs> and I had texted her the night before and then I got a text at 6 a.m. the next morning. And <laughs> it just, it, I just knew, okay, this is her time to catch yeah. up on everything. And and so, yeah, it was just it's cool to see that she's on top of things and yeah. she's created a, a way to stay on top of she's things. She's figured out what works for her. And that is that's what we all have to do is figure out what organization tools are best for us and use them so that we make our lives a little easier and a little more streamlined. Yeah. And I think that's just kind of what we want to focus on for this week's challenge is to just stay organized. And honestly, that can relate back to the question from Beth that we got um, and we just need to stay organized and we need to simplify our lives as well as our business sometimes. Savannah just said stay organized. For some of us, it's a matter of getting organized yeah. first before <laughs> we can stay organized. And some of us, I don't know, I've never been, it's not in my nature necessarily to be particularly organized. And so it's something that I definitely have to work at. And finding things that work for you is, is such an important thing. And I loved what she said about lists. It made me want to start doing a to-do list every morning and see if I can do a better job at knocking those things off the list. Yeah, you definitely feel very accomplished just crossing something off. It feels good. But this challenge, you don't need to do a list. What Maybe it's just cleaning out a drawer in your kitchen or doing something relating to social media maybe or emails. I mean, I think deleting emails that you don't need anymore or putting them into separate folders, just doing something it can be anything, yeah. you guys, to stay organized. Yeah, a few weeks ago, we actually decided to do our food colorings, and we organized our food colorings and put them in a different container and put them in a place that's easy, easier to access. And that was a that was kind of a game changer in the kitchen was mm -hmm. just making everything a little bit easier. The more we do to make our lives easier, the more we'll enjoy our jobs. For sure. But definitely let us know how this week's challenge goes and maybe what you did to stay organized or get organized because we love hearing from you guys. And on that note, um, we just want to say thank you for all of those who are reaching out and talking to us. And it's been so fun, as always, just to hear from all of you. Definitely. And we hope you'll join us next week when we'll be talking to Kate from Baking for Billy. She has a, a really interesting story and we're excited for you to hear her and to hear what brought her into baking because we all have a different path we take and hers is pretty inspiring and pretty touching. So we for hope sure. you'll join us next week. Well, thanks again, you guys. And thanks to Corey, our producer, for all that he does behind the scenes. And we will see you next week as we talk cake. Hey everyone, this is producer Corey. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. Also subscribe to the podcast and follow the Let's Talk Cake podcast on Instagram so you don't miss out on any content. If you do the challenge this week, tag the podcast in your post and we'll share it in the next episode. Thanks again and we'll see you next Tuesday.